Hello and welcome into yet another edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast, In Zone Edition. I'm WTOC Sports Director Lindsey Goff here with our digital anchor Jake Wallace. Jake, the playoffs are in full swing, or they're about to be. Well, yeah, <laughs> it is playoff time. We had, we kicked them off last week in South Carolina, mm-hmm. but now we are full in force of postseason football with the first week of the playoffs kicking off in Georgia this week in GISA and GHSA. So, yeah, it is full-on playoff football from here on out. Win or go home. Before we move on to looking ahead to this week, like we always do, let's take a look back at last week and our Play of the Week winner, Jake. Yeah, Country Days, Alex Wynn spinning out of a tackle and taking it for the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter, a game that was back and forth throughout. Country Day beats Savannah Christian 31-24 in overtime. They snag the two-seed in Region 3A Private, get a home game this Friday night, and the play earned more than 50,000 votes in our poll. Pretty impressive for Country Day, so congratulations to Wynn and Barry Kleinpeter, who threw him the pass. Uh, let's look ahead to our game of the week for Friday night because uh, we do have Friday and Saturday games in the playoffs this year. Friday night, Long County at Southeast Bullock, Jake. Yeah, this is a game between two teams that have really wanted to be here. For Long County, they've just wanted to be here. Their first mm-hmm. playoff appearance ever for the Blue Tide. And for SEB, it's a chance to move on in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Yellow Jackets haven't won a playoff game since 1974. They are 0-16 in the playoffs since then. So somebody is breaking a drought Friday night at Fred Shaver Field, and it should be a good game between two programs that are looking to you know, make a statement here mm-hmm. in first years under their in their first years under new head coaches. Right. Long, on paper, it would appear that SEB is the favorite. They're nine and one. Uh, Long County in at five and five, but Long County is coming off a big win over Tattnall County on the road. Yeah, Long County's done a nice job this year of beating teams that they are probably equally set with, you know, equally or or better than mm-hmm. in terms of talent. They've struggled a little bit against teams that are. Um, that have outclassed them in talent. And and I think you could argue that SEB probably will with guys like Tyler Griffin and mm-hmm. Christian Clark and ever, all the talent they've got over there at SEB. You mentioned they went nine and one. Um, but Long County's gonna be fired up to be there, oh, yeah. man. They're you know, they're gonna make the drive from Ludowissi to Brooklyn. They're gonna be ready to go and and SEB's gonna have to weather, you know, the emotional storm for a lot of these Long County kids that this has been what they've been fighting for with this football program for a long time. So SEB, I think, like you said, is probably is going to be the favorite in this game. They're going to be favored, uh, but Long County's going to—they're here now, and they're going to look to enjoy it as long as they can. All right, I talked to both head coaches, so here's a listen to those interviews. Very first playoff berth for you guys, which is hard to believe when you've had a player like Jamin Davis come through and some of the stars that Long County has had. How are you all feeling, and what's the excitement like? Uh, it's it's obviously very very special, um, and and from day one I've told people there's always been players here. Um, it's just been there's a lot of a lot of obstacles, but um, our kids this year have, have definitely adapted and and overcome those. And you know, being in the region that we're in, there's only five teams, and so that helps. You know, in the past uh, we have a couple of coaches on our staff that run the other five and five team in school history, and we've started a, a pretty heated debate about which team is better. And our kids, of course, say that this year's team is the best, and those guys say, well. And they name off a bunch of good players that they had, and and uh, but they played in one of them eight or nine team regions, and so it was a lot harder to get into the playoffs just from a number standpoint. So 
Um, we're, we're fortunate to be where we're at. The kids are excited. Um, obviously, uh, the community is starting to take notice and, um, you know, doing some things for us. And it's, it's obviously a very, very special time in Ludowici, there's no doubt. What is it? What have you done, do you think, that's maybe made the difference to get over that hump this year? Um, I, I told several people the biggest thing I think that we've done is get our kids to understand the the you just have to come to work every day um, and it starts in the weight room uh, I got there in February and and kind of learned the lay of the land for a couple of weeks and then kind of instilled the weight room culture to the way I want it to be and I have a great assistant helping me with that um, and, and he's done a great job with our kids and, and we work together very well on that and we we hammer them jokers we don't you know don't give them a lot of leeway. They show up and go to work every day. And uh, that translated to the practice field comes spring football. And, um, and uh, they learned kind of the expectations there. And, and we had good summer numbers, which in the past has been a struggle. Um, but I think it's just that consistent daily expectation of, you know, it, you just got to show up and go to work. And I think that the kids have really started to, to buy into that and understand the value in that. And it's started to translate to the field. There's no doubt. That's what I was going to ask. How much of it is just these players buying into you, buying into your system, this mentality and this culture that you're, you know, trying to create? Um, yeah, it, I, it would probably depend on the kid that you ask. I'll tell you that. Was, there's some kids that still aren't too sure, I don't think, some days. Um, and, you know, we're in a world now where things are, uh, certain things are just different. And um, and I don't, I wouldn't consider myself necessarily old school. I don't even really know all that, what that means. But our football doesn't look like a lot of other people's football. Um, and that's okay with us. Our kids have understood that. And, you know, I really haven't had anybody, you know, buck what we're doing and, and the kids that just, you know, didn't want to be a part of it. They, they left and that's fine. The kids that are there are kids that we can trust and that show up and, and, you know, we, we we're physical. We run the ball a lot. Uh, we try to be very athletic on defense and run around and, and we've done a good job of that. And, uh, our kids play a lot of energy. They really do. They're, you know, they're excitable kids and, and they, they show up on game day, ready to go for the most part. I know not every kid's going to go to the NFL, but when they see a guy like Jamin get drafted so high, and then I think I heard on the loudspeakers that he was like sponsoring one of y'all's team dinners for yes, one of the games, does having a guy like that motivate these players and realize that, you know, like, even though we're from a small town, we can still accomplish something big. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Jamin has a younger brother named uh, Trayon, who's, who was a very, very good player. Um, and so that family has been huge in our program. And, and, and those kids had such a great work ethic. Uh, when I got here in the wintertime, you know, Jamin was getting ready for the draft and he came into our weight room and worked out a little bit. And I got to meet him and, and I met his dad right away when I got here and, and they're just really, really good people. And, and TD was around a lot in the summertime, um, a lot of great relationships with our kids. Um, and I think they do, they, they keep that in the back of their mind and we remind them of that. Um, you know, and there, there's other guys too, you know, there's a lot of long County guys. That's one thing that we did um, the first game of the season, I had our, our announcer, Coach Bailey, who does our stats video and announcing, you know, we had six, seven guys that are long County alum that are playing college football right now. And so I had them, you know, at the first game and kind of announced where they're at and how their season was going and those kinds of things. Cause I want our kids to understand that. Yeah. Jamie went to Kentucky and that's great. Um, and we got a young man that's at, at Georgia tech right now. And, and we got kids all over the country. There's other places too. And so, you know, don't get caught up in maybe you're, maybe you're not going to Kentucky or Georgia tech, but there's other places, you know? And so, 
Um, I want our kids to understand that there's tremendous value in continuing to play football as long as you can. You guys are five and five overall, two and two in the region. So very even keel. And I know that's not what you want. Um, but what did you learn in those losses, you think? Um, I learned the, the biggest thing we knew in those region games, you know, we, we lost to Pearson Appling. And anybody that follows high school football knows about Pearson Appling. And uh, I think it was it was good for our kids to to be able to go out there and be competitive. You know, we, we played Pierce and it was 10 nothing uh, deep into the second quarter. Uh, and then they, they scored one, they scored once on a, I, I can't remember how it happened, but they scored against so was 16, nothing to half, but it was competitive. Our kids, you know, it wasn't just a complete, you know, beat down. Our kids were competitive. Um, Appling got out on us early, but again, we were able to, to, to play with them. But I think the biggest thing that we noticed was physically, we've got some development to do, which is fine. We can, those are things we can handle. Um, you know, we learned that, that, you know, we're close, we're better. Um, the non-region games tested us too. We played some good non-region teams, we played Charlton at Charlton. They're a really, really good football team. Um, you know, and so it was good for our kids to kind of see those different types of teams and different programs that had success. You know, you go to Charlton and, and the, the wall at the end of the field is just state championships and region championships and champ Bailey field and all that stuff. So our kids have been able to see some other places and, and play some really, really good football teams mentioned really good football teams. I think SEB is one of them. They've only got one loss this season. What kind of challenge do they present for you guys on Friday night? Well, obviously they, they know how to win football games. Like you said, they're nine and one or whatever. They're only losses to Liberty. So um, very, very competitive team. They got a lot of talent. Uh, they got a great wide receiver. I think he's committed to Central Florida. Um, they have a big, strong quarterback. They have a really tall, big tight end. I mean, they're, they're very uh, athletic. Uh, a lot of, of standout players. Um, and, you know, it's obviously going to be a tremendous challenge for us, um, and hopefully, you know, our, our brand of football will travel, I hope. You mentioned traveling. Um, with this being that first playoff berth, I imagine the community is pretty excited. Do you expect a pretty good tide presence in Bullitt County? I sure hope so. We have a, a guy in town that runs a, a, a T-shirt and, and, and signing store, and he's talking about putting together a little bus to take a bunch of people to the game, and so – um, he's been very supportive and, and can't thank uh, TJ at Ludographics enough. He's done a great job for us and he's rallying up the troops, you know, and in long, one of the things is a lot of the people that work at school, they're alums, you know, they, they went to school there, they went off to college, come back and they teach there. Their mom and dad are still there. They have siblings and, and other things. And so um, I'm hoping to rally them up and, and get them out there. And it's not too far. It's an hour and 15 minutes or so. So it's not a terrible trip. And uh, should should be a good night for it. Looks like the weather's going to be good, and, and hopefully we can get them all up there. There's so many in our viewing area. There are so many, I guess, like storied um, football programs. Like you mentioned, Pierce and Appling, or like Benedictine, you know, schools like that in our area. Do you feel like because you all don't have that history that it's harder, I guess, to make it this far in a way? Um, I think maybe a little bit. The other thing in our community that's odd is, you know, it's kind of a transient place being next to Hinesville and the fort. Uh, we have a lot of families that, that aren't from here. We have a lot of locals that are, but then our, our community is growing. They're building a ton of houses. If you come out this way, they're building houses everywhere. And those are, you know, a lot of times those military families that might be here for a year or two or three, um, then they're off somewhere else. And so there is a transient nature there. Um, so I think that plays into a little bit. And um, just, yeah, for, you know, for whatever reason, you know, our basketball teams had success, uh, has won a bunch of playoff games in recent years, won a region a couple years ago, baseball team has been competitive with the lead eight last year. So other sports have been able to do it. I just think that maybe, uh, football has a few more variables than those other sports. And so, 
Um, those hurdles have been harder to overcome, but, you know, we're getting close, uh, closer, obviously. Uh, we're much more competitive, and that's kind of, you know, where we want to be. Okay. Um, I muted myself. Sorry. Is there a uh, matchup that we should keep an eye on where you guys think you match up well or an intriguing battle somewhere on the field that we should watch Friday night? Um, no doubt. I mean, I, we have a couple, I think, um, you know, their, their receiver, the Griffin kid is obviously a really, really talented player. Um, we have a really talented defensive back in Dwayne Rowe, who's a good player. Um, we have Quentin Golden, the defensive backfield is a good player. Um, Tay Brown, we got several defensive backs that are good players. We got to see if we can find a way to, to utilize those guys to, to neutralize him. He's, he's obviously a tremendous threat for them. Um, and then offensively for us, you know, we have, we have a kid named Amari Douglas, who's the, the leading rusher in the region, uh, just a sophomore, and, and he kind of is, is what makes us go. And so if we can find a way to, to keep him productive, I think he can help keep us in the game. Um, and our offensive line matching up with, with their defensive line, that's going to be – I think where this game is going to be won and lost because they, even with that receiver threat, they still run the ball a good bit. And so I think it's going to be an a, a offensive lineman, defensive lineman kind of battle. And what's your message to the team this week as you head into the playoffs? Um, I've told them from day one, it's okay to be good. You know, that's something that, that they're not used to those expectations and, and actually, you know, being good. And it's okay to be good. Don't be afraid to go up there and, and play well. And, and if you're the better team, show it, you know, and it's okay to be better than people. Um, that's something that I think, again, that had to, it's an acquired skill. Teaching people how to win is difficult. And I think that um, we've been able to do that to an extent. We just need to do it again this week. Two first-year head coaches, not first-year head coaches, but first-year at these programs, facing off in the playoffs, and it's their first playoff appearance, but you guys have had early exits in the past. I believe it was a couple of decades ago since you guys have had a playoff win. What's the feeling right now around the school and around the team? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's exciting for both programs right now. Certainly, uh, Long County, uh, Coach Feaster and his staff have done a great job. Um, for us, um, it's been 48 years um, since we've advanced past the uh, first round. So, um, you know, I, I didn't really I, – I realized that a little bit as I went through the job process, but until you really start talking about it, it doesn't become real. Um, so it's kind of the, the, the monkey on our back, I guess, so to speak. Um, but in terms of, like, our community right now, our school, our kids, everybody's really excited. Um, we've had a great year. Uh, we've had a great week of preparation, probably the best – three days of practice we've had all year um, long. Um, we're just, uh, we're excited to play and, and look forward to the, to, the, uh, to the game tomorrow night. What do you tell the team this week when, you know, they have that monkey on their back, they haven't won a playoff game, and it's not just them, obviously teams in the past have contributed to that as well, but it's something they haven't done. Uh, what do you tell them heading into this matchup? Well, I mean, you know, the big thing is each each team's its own its own team. You know, even though it's the same uh, school, and a lot of these kids were a part of some of these playoff teams the last few years. Um, you know, kind of really goes back to our slogan for the whole year. It's been RTG, which is stands for Return to Glory. Um, and you know, obviously, 1972 and 73 back to back state championships, undefeated seasons. Um, Coach Fred Shaver, Fields named after him. He's at every home game. He was on the committee that hired me. Um, and it was, it was, it's more than just going back to win a state championship. It's just trying to, to, we want, we want to respect the past and, and the traditions that were here. And we're trying to just um, remake the culture and the standards of everything we're doing is in that direction. 
Um, and so it kind of fits in with our slogan all year. So as we get to game 11, we say, listen, return to glory really starts this week because we went nine and one and, and a great year. But at this point, we, we haven't done anything that, you know, potentially not all 48 teams, but 48 other uh, seasons haven't done before us. Um, so if we want to truly separate ourselves, if, if our seniors really want to leave a legacy, um, that legacy can be 2021 Yellow Jackets advanced past the first round. So this is a big, this is a big moment for our school, a big moment for our seniors um, this Friday. You guys have had a successful regular season, nine and one, like you mentioned. How much of that do you attribute to these players just buying into you, your system, and the culture that you're trying to implement there? You know, sometimes it, it's a building year in the first year, but you guys haven't really seemed to have to deal with that. You've done well. Well, number one, I, I give credit to uh, uh, Coach Barrett Davis and the, and the coaches that are on our staff and that were on the staff the last three years. They've had success. They've made the playoffs all three years. So this wasn't a program that was a, a doormat. Uh, they knew how to win. Um, so it starts there. And then the second part is, uh, you know, our staff that we've been able to put together here, which is a combination of some guys that were on the staff and a combination of guys I knew, um, has been phenomenal. They're great coaches. They're great men. Um, they, we've all believed in the same thing. So it starts with their, that staff and then, and then to our players to, to buy into all the different things we were trying to get them to do that were a little different. Um, and, and they did, they bought in, we've got, listen, at the end of the day, good coaches are good because you have good players and they buy in and they're coachable. And right now that's what we have. We've got a team of, I think, really good players, maybe as good as anywhere I've been, uh, maybe not as many uh, because the numbers are different at the 3A level. Um, but our guys that, that start and play for us on Friday night are as good as anywhere I've been. Um, they're really coachable. They're really hungry. Our staff has done an awesome job and everything's kind of gelled together and it's almost seems too easy and too perfect, but I'm, I've been around long enough to know that this is a very unusual type circumstance for it all to click in year one. And so I'm really, really thankful and grateful for, for our kids and our, and our staff. Haven't seen Long County on tape this week. Are there any matchups that you think you guys match up well with them or any intriguing matchups that we should keep an eye on Friday night? Well, I think when you when you talk about Long County, the number one thing, I, I don't know if it's a matchup thing, is they're very unusual offense. They're two tight ends, play a tee backfield. Um, they, their number one play is trap. Their running back, number eight, is their leading rusher. He's their most explosive player. So we certainly, that's a matchup for us. We have to deal with that, and we have to, we have to either slow that down or certainly stop it to have a chance to win. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they like to play lots of bodies around the line of scrimmage on defense. And so that, that creates a little bit of a numbers issue for us when we're trying to run the ball into a clean box. Um, you know, obviously, um, I, I think that uh, both teams are well coached. They both play really hard. Um, you know, I, at the end of the day, we're going to try to take what they give us. Um, but in terms of matchups, I, I think, um, I think you're gonna have, we're going to have a good football game Friday, tomorrow night. What kind of atmosphere are we expecting in Brooklyn? Well, I, I tell you what, we, uh, one, I was a little worried about the weather when the week started, but right now it looks to be, it's going to be clear and, and not super cold, but just a good fall playoff weather uh, night. Uh, we're the only home playoff team in the entire county, and we're the only public school still in the playoffs. So, um, and Metter, I think, plays on Saturday. So we're really the only show in town, and uh, I think 
I think between our students, our community, and everybody in Statesboro and in the Bullitt County surrounding area should pack the stadium out at, at Fred Shaver Field. We're talking about, you know, pack the nest out, make some noise. It's a blue out for us. Um, we've encouraged everybody to wear their blue and uh, bring their cowbells and be loud and proud. What would what would a playoff win mean for this team in this community? Wow. It, I think for the community, even more so for this team. You know, you got people that this is one of those schools that their their parents went here, maybe even their parents went here. There's lots of that at Southeast Bullock, probably more so than any school that I've worked at. And so I think you're talking about generations of pride. Um, and I you know that's just it's exciting. And with with Coach Shaver, you know, he'll be in the end zone sitting in his chair. And I just uh, him and Coach Sparks, he's here every Friday helping. Uh, to be able to see those two guys, if we were able to pull off a win, boy, that would that would just that would mean a lot to me personally, and I think a lot to our community. Anything else you'd like to add or say about your team? I believe in our team. Our kids have done an unbelievable job. It's it's a hard process coming in. You know, uh, I told our seniors this last week. It was senior night, and I really appreciate them for for buying in. They're the group that it's always the hardest on because. They have to change, and yet they only have to change for a short amount of time, and then they're graduated. Um, I just, it's been a really special group. I'm really thankful to be here. I'm, I'm thankful we got a chance to coach these kids, and um, I believe in our guys. I know they're going to play really hard. We've had a great week of practice. Um, just got to go out there and lay it on the line so we can survive for another week. Back here in Savannah, we've got Thomas County Central visiting Benedictine. I'm going to go ahead and say it, that BC is one of our state championship hopefuls, maybe a favorite in There's our area a contender, to, yeah, make, to make four, the push, right? definitely. Um, th- this should be an interesting matchup as well. Thomas County Central comes in at 5-5, five and five, BC 8-2. and two. Obviously, they started off with those two losses, and they've been winning ever since. Yeah, the cadets are rolling right now, mm-hmm. offensively, defensively, really in every phase. They have, after starting 0-2, they have rolled off eight straight victories and and been looked really, really good while doing it. In comes a Thomas County Central team with a lot of pride. They are well-known around the state, multiple state titles in the early 90s. They have been a team that is still looking to get back to those days. In the past, they've got a head coach in Ashley Henderson who won multiple state titles in GISA with Valwood. Um, They're on a three-game losing streak, so Mm -hmm. they're going to come in with not a ton of confidence against a cadet team that is full of confidence. Got all the momentum. BC is going to be a big favorite. The cadets, if they play like they should, should move on to the second round and probably do so pretty easily. Absolutely. The Yellow Jackets definitely have a defensive task ahead. BC's averaging 49 points per game. That's number one. In class 4A. Next, Doherty at Jenkins, Jake. Yeah, the Trojans from my old stomping ground, Albany, yeah. Georgia. Um, they come in, they're, they're on the road. They're the three seed coming out of that region in quad A, but they're eight and two. They're only mm-hmm. two losses this season to Cairo and Bainbridge. Bainbridge, a state championship contender. The Surrett makers of Cairo, always tough to beat. And so this Doherty team's coming in, and they've got a guy in, in sophomore quarterback, Cam Davis, who is the epitome of a dual threat. Over 1,200 yards rushing, over 1,200 yards passing. He's a sophomore committed to Florida State. He's the guy that the Warriors are going to have to slow down if they want to advance. And Jenkins, man, you want to talk about a team coming in with some confidence. Yeah. Close wins over Islands and New Hampstead over the last two weeks to earn, or the last two weeks of their season. They were off last week as the whole region was. But 
earning a home game, and now they've had two weeks to prepare for a home playoff game. Tony Welch has done a really good job with this program. Mm-hmm. Program they've seemed to have gotten better as the season has gone on, which is they what definitely you would expect have. under a first-year head coach kind of switching systems. And now they've got a big task. They're going to be the underdogs in this game. A lot of folks around the state think Doherty could be a team that you know could maybe sneak into the Elite Eight, with considering the talent they have, especially in, in that quarterback Davis. But Jenkins is going to be a tough team to beat. They've been a tough team to beat all year. They're tough. They've got some kids on this team that remember that state semifinal run from a couple of years ago. They're going to be at home, so or over in Pooler, excuse yeah. me, but they will be close to home. Jenkins should be able to put up a fight, and I think they're going to have a. Uh, they're going to believe they can win, especially after their last two weeks of the season. Yeah, Jenkins coming in at six and four, including that big win for them over New Hampstead. Uh, on the 29th so they've got a little momentum working for them I think and that's a really compelling first round matchup you know we mentioned that like BC should win fairly handily but I think the close ones are really interesting sometimes it gets a little lopsided in the first round yeah absolutely I think you're gonna see two really good teams Doherty and Jenkins both who both of whom could easily advance I mean this is these are two teams that are pretty stacked close together if the Jenkins defense can make life hard on Davis to, to get what he wants, to get the big plays that he's capable of making. If they can limit that, expect this to be a game going in the fourth quarter, and then we'll see what happens from there. Let's take a trip over to South Carolina really quick. They're in the second round of the playoffs over there, and one matchup I want to touch on, an 11-0 Hilton Head Christian Academy team hosting PD Academy. They're in at 9-1 and on Friday night. Yeah, this is a state semifinal matchup in Class AA of Skiza, and Two of the better teams in the state at this point, as you would imagine, in the state semifinals. Right. Only three rounds of playoffs in Class AA. But these two teams are capable of lighting up a scoreboard. I mean, uh, PDA is is averaging 40 points a game. Hilton they knocked had, off JP2 last week, 49-16. to 16, Right. So. Hilton Head Christian has, has been capable of putting up points all year. They've scored, I think, 489 this season through <laughs> oh 11 games. Oh, my gosh. So – Expect both teams to be able to score. It's going to be who can make the most stops, who can mm-hmm. force field goal attempts, who can force punts, who can force turnovers that'll win the game. Hilton Head Christian seems on a mission. They've made it to three consecutive state title games. They're mm-hmm. the defending state champs. They're back at they're at their new field on their new campus. What a it was a great way to to close out the old campus with the state mm-hmm. championship. How about winning a new Bring in another a new one. one to to open up at new campus? They're looking to do that, and they'll be at home Friday night against Petey. They won 47 nothing last week against Carolina Academy. A shutout in the playoffs is certainly a good way to get started, so we'll be keeping an eye on that one as well. And uh, In the playoffs, we do have some Saturday games as well. So one of the Saturday games, Jake, we're looking toward is another state championship, realistically could win a state championship from our area, uh, Calvary in at 10-0, and and they're hosting Mount DeSales. Yeah, Mount DeSales coming in at 5-5 five and five out of Macon, and this Calvary team has simply rolled, and they've been really yeah. good at home. We mentioned all year how good they've been defensively. Defensively at home, they are nasty to try to deal with. They haven't allowed more than 14 points at the specialty sports complex this mm-hmm. year. Mount DeSales is going to come in with, with a guy, Fernando Washington, who's rushed for more than 1,000 yards this season. He's got 19 touchdowns. Um, he's a junior. He's going to be the guy that if Mount DeSales is going to pull off the upset, they're going to turn to to Washington. So expect Calvary to to know that. Expect Calvary to be on the lookout on on trying to slow him down. 
But this Calvary team certainly seems to be one of the state's best. They're ranked number two in the state. They get a good draw in the playoffs. They'll It's a, a 1 o'clock start, I believe, over mm-hmm. at the Specialty Sports Complex. And so you're going to see a Calvary team, I think, that's very motivated after especially a run, the run they made last year. I think we really started to see the talent yeah. that this team was projecting out last year in the state playoffs. Now they're looking to see if they can complete the run. And they've been blowing past people. They're, you mentioned they're the consensus number two in the polls, Trinity Christian in at number one. I think Calvary's definitely trying to make a statement throughout the playoffs here. Another Saturday game uh, in 1A public, we've got Seminole County at Metter, Metter 10-0. Yeah, the Tigers are going to be big favorites over the Indians from Donaldsonville. They have struggled to score at times. They've been better at slowing teams down since they started region play. But this Metter team seems to just continue to trend up. You know, they they ran past a really good ECI team yeah. last Friday night at home, um, shut them out. It, they just seem to be head and shoulders above everybody in that region. And that defense. Whew. Yes, and they and they continue to get better defensively. They they hunt turnovers. We said that about them last year. They're hunting turnovers and and they're going to be big favorites in this game against a Seminole County team that's probably going to be well overmatched. You mentioned the Saturday games. That's that's the case for everybody in in class 1A public, class 1A private and class 6A per GHSA order. So a ton of Saturday games here in this first round of the playoffs. Yep, makes it kind of interesting, and these guys get in an extra day of work. So, um, yeah, we've got Friday and Saturday football to look forward to for the next few weeks. Jake, I want to wrap it up because we talked about this briefly for a second. Um, Sometimes playoff games can get lopsided, uh, especially in the early rounds. Is there a close one that you're keeping – or one that could be close that you're keeping an eye on? I think that Lovejoy-Richmond Hill game Saturday at Wildcat Stadium – could be interesting. These are two teams that are both four and five. Their records aren't super impressive. Mm-hmm. Lovejoy's lost three straight, but Richmond Hill, you know, finished winning three of their last four after a one and four start to get a home game in the playoffs. The thing that I think could really bring things together is the weird start time. This is a Saturday game. Yeah. At 1 o'clock, you don't know Lovejoy's travel right. plans. You kind of vary from your routine. It's always, Right, yeah. and you're kicking off. It'll be in the daylight. It's on a Saturday. You don't know what the crowd's going to be like. It's just it, your routine, like you mentioned, is all thrown off. That will, Whichever team handles that better mm-hmm. is the team that's probably going to win. You imagine that it favors Richmond Hill, considering there won't be any travel. There won't mm-hmm. be either they're an early... They're having a tailgate, so yeah. they're, they're getting people out there. There won't be either an early morning bus ride or a hotel stay for, for Lovejoy, whichever one the travel plans are for, for them. And I just think it, it's a game that could really, you know, be a, a fourth-quarter ball game. Richmond Hill, is they're going to run the ball. They're going to mm-hmm. play good defense. They're going to try to limit possessions. So... It could be one of those games that it's going to come down to the final two possessions. I think Maxwell has it projected as Richmond Hill by two, so they're kind of seeing the same things that we are. Uh, One that I'm keeping an eye on another Saturday game, Stratford Academy at Country Day. Stratford, on paper, they're seven and three. Country Day's three and six, but they've been in some tight losses. Country Day lost to Stratford on the road on the 24th, but it was only by a touchdown, 27 to 20. 
So you get the Hornets at home. I, I'm interested to see that one. Yeah, and Country Day turned the ball over a number mm. of times in that game. Yeah, I think they've gotten better hard, since then. They've, they've had some real hard luck losses, a couple one-possession right. games. And so, yeah, you wonder if, if the home field advantage. And you know the players remember that. Absolutely. And so you wonder if the home field advantage in, in – you know, maybe flips the field a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of the Hornets. Yeah, I think that could be a really close one as well. So that's the one that we're keeping some eyes on. Um, Jake and I will both be out there Friday night. I'll be around on Saturday per usual. So we will see you out there. Thank you for listening and downloading and subscribing. We appreciate it. And uh, tune in on Friday night at 1115 to the end zone.